Hey guys, welcome to episode 11 of Tesla Side Chats. It's your host, Ted. Um, as for my last episode, we talked about Q3 and Tesla's barreling towards the historic quarter of 100,000 vehicles. We found out that they delivered 97,000 vehicles, plus or minus 1 or 2%, depending on the audit, in quarter three. This is huge, absolutely huge. Um, I want to congratulate any kind of Tesla employee or stakeholder, any any volunteers that have helped out. Uh, congratulations on the quarter. Uh, a lot has happened since my last episode, um, and I kind of just want to do some quick hits on what exactly is going on. So first, the big news is really version 10. Um, version 10 software, as you know, includes Spotify, which was kind of a very big surprise for a lot of owners. Uh, finally, uh, it included streaming services such as Netflix and Hulu if you have the subscription. It included uh, a first like real kind of um, side-scroller shooter game, Cuphead, and a lot of like very cool improvements such as karaoke and all that kind of stuff. But really what I think is is important here is it shows that Tesla vehicles is really a platform. And going back to what Elon said, uh, was the magic of Tesla is really Tesla is like a software company um, that just so happens to build the hardware to marry the software in a car. Um, and I think that's really, really important. And I think that's the, the, the key part about version 10 that um, really showed the widespread public what it's capable of. With that said, um, one of the bigger things financially is smart summon or enhanced summon finally rolled out. Um, the running joke is this thing has been delayed for a very long time, but it rolled out. And what's great is Tesla can now formally recognize the revenue collected from the full self-driving pre-orders um, and and um, the full self-driving uh, that was done prior to the whole autopilot, enhanced autopilot, full self-driving switch made a couple quarters ago. So this is going to be a really, really nice little uh, increase to profit and revenue um, for quarter three. So I want you to keep that in mind. With that said, the other thing about Smart Summon uh, that's been in the news the past week, Consumer Reports uh, just went on record saying Smart Summon is glitchy, Smart Summon is not good, blah, 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 blah. It works intermittently. Like, at the end of the day, um, it's in beta, and you have to start somewhere. Like, seriously, shame on Consumer Reports. Just trying to get their name out there. Like, it, 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 they always make a lot of noise um, for very little reason. And it creates a lot of damage, not just for Tesla, but for the autonomous future's progress. You're, you're basically making people afraid of this technology when, uh, without offering any kind of solution. Um, at the end of the day, it's in beta. It's its first iteration. And also, the, the thing that should be pointed out is version 10 already had two patches that were released within two weeks. Um, a lot of this was to improve some smart summon glitches. Uh, and some of it improved the smart summon functionality in terms of how quickly it boots up and how smoothly it turns and the way that the image recognition works. Truthfully, I've used it. Um, and I had it in two different software versions. I actually broke my foot. So when I had to go shopping or something at Target, um, I had the car meet me at the front uh, 
and that was a huge help, and it worked fine both times. So there was like no mention of that, which is absolutely crazy. It's the first step towards full self-driving. Um, so that's what's going on with Consumer Reports. Um, the other thing that's kind of happening right now and creating a lot of noise is there was that accident that happened last year um, with the 18-year-old teenager who totaled his father's car that went up in flames. Two teenagers died. One got ejected from the car due to the impact. Um, he's basically suing Tesla, blaming Tesla for removing a speed limiter from the car. So this one's a little bit confusing to me. Aside from the fact that ultimately the driver is at fault, unfortunately, you know, yes, a life was lost. I'm very sorry about that. But at the end of the day, it's the fault of the driver. You're going 116 miles, 116 miles per hour on a local road. You're 18 years old. Like, let's get real here for a second. That is a problem of judgment. That was a lapse of judgment. And this is going to be probably unpopular opinion of people. You shouldn't sue the company. I think that's dumb. And especially for for a car like a Tesla, you're, you're talking about removing a speed limiter? No. Like, you could have turned on valet mode. You could have turned on something. Like, at the end of the day, like, I get, I get that you're trying to process the grief, but this lawsuit should be tossed out. Just be real. It should be tossed out. Um, in other news, uh, Tesla also bought another company. So as you know, one of their big acquisitions was Maxwell. Um, that was really uh, going for improvements in ultra capacitors and such. The next uh, company that they bought is a machine learning company, I believe. And um, I, my opinion here is they, they pretty much bought a... Um, uh, they bought this to, to get the staff or they saw something special that they, 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 they have to like jump on or something that Tesla could augment. So they bought a startup called uh, DeepScale and essentially it is to help um, with computer vision. And as you know uh, from Autonomy Day, Autonomy Investor Day, vision is a critical, critical part of uh, Tesla's secret master plan step two. And then also they made another acquisition, uh, the battery manufacturer Hybar. Um, so Tesla is very, very vertically integrated. And to date, it has been relying on a very strong partnership with Panasonic to make battery cells. Uh, back when the Model 3 was ramping up, unfortunately, the battery cells were the main limiter to producing more cars. Um, a lot of people have been saying this acquisition um, basically shows strain on the relationship with Panasonic. I think that is an overly simplistic view of things. Buying this and growing it is really the first step to doing a couple things. Uh, hedging your business via hedging your supply chain. Um, it's also a step change in increasing your capacity because we do need more electric vehicles on the road as soon as possible regardless of supplier. And number three, it's really about efficiency. So um, being more vertically integrated, yes, is more pain in the short term, but in the long term, it will certainly pay off. Um, instead of relying on a specific supplier to uh, essentially do all your cell production, this is a good move to diversify your supply chain and diversify the risk. Whoever is claiming this is a bad move, you really should go back and take business 101 in undergrad. Um, 
so yeah, the, there's the acquisitions, there's the record quarter. In addition to that, there's another thing I want to discuss that was talked about today, and that was really the conversion of Tesla sales and delivery centers um, and service centers. Tesla is moving to a more Apple Store model. I think that's the best way to put it. So instead of having one place to repair your car, one place to buy your car, one place to take delivery of your car, we kind of just moved it into a one-stop shop. Now, this is great on multiple fronts um, because there's one thing that I discussed in the very first episode of my podcast is the ability for Tesla to unlock demand. Uh, In many states, you cannot legally buy a Tesla from the company, meaning you cannot take delivery of the car. You can't discuss any kind of pricing due to dealer franchise laws. Now, moving to this Tesla center model, uh, this is totally my opinion here. I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but what's great is you can walk into a Tesla center, learn about the vehicles, see the pricing on your mobile phone. And when you buy the vehicle, Tesla can do something very similar to what's happening in um, Texas and Michigan right now, where all the paperwork gets filled out at headquarters in California, all the money and all that kind of stuff and the registration and all of the boring logistical things of obtaining a vehicle gets handled at headquarters, the packet gets sent to you, and then you take delivery of the car as it gets delivered, either across state lines or... Uh, Tesla kind of just sets up an appointment for you to pick up somewhere. Now, this is really cool because you're you're circumventing an archaic law in a way that kind of makes sense. Now, it's also cool in the sense that it's a great move for Tesla internally. Um, As you saw in the other articles that came out, Tesla got rid of um, incremental sales commission for all of its sales employees this organizational organizationally speaking is a good move um in my opinion here because you're you're essentially leveling things out um in addition to that you're also creating a better customer experience by uh helping your employees to focus on the quality and not as much as the quantity and i think this is happening because tesla is seeing that with more Model 3s on the road, um, there certainly is more demand being unlocked. I'm seeing this personally um, in my circle of friends. There are people that I never even spoke to about Tesla, never would have imagined wanted a Tesla. They saw a social media post of my me on autopilot um, and traffic, and all of a sudden I got questions on buying a car. So the word of mouth is real. It's the, it's the question of fulfillment of the word of mouth. And I think that's what the Tesla center as well as the internal organizational shift and in the payment structure and the organizational layout. I think that's the second piece of it. How do we improve the fulfillment and how do we improve the speed of fulfilling that demand? So it's unlock, fulfill, increase the speed of fulfillment. And I think these are just very basic things. Uh, But for a company as large as Tesla, I think it took a couple of phases to get here. Um, In my opinion, I think the whole entire 
kind of like rapid overnight shift of getting rid of sales and shifting it online. I truthfully believe that was a management tactic to get rid of, um, let's call it the the bad eggs or so of Tesla stores that we read about or the bad eggs in service and all that kind of stuff. Like these shifts happened to kind of shake the tree um, and then keep your loyal and good employees while have have the rest leave of their own volition. So I think that was the first step. The second step was really to see how the these changes would affect the organization. And unfortunately, the media had a little play in that in terms of the um, drop-in deliveries and the illusion of a, a drop-in sales when it was really due to timing of the year of the car buying season. So I think now, finally, after quarter three, after 97,000 deliveries in the quarter, after the Model 3 is getting into more hands, I think Tesla is headed to a more stable state. And this is going to be a perfect, perfect segue into the Model Y next year. Um, so, in my opinion, I think the trajectory is going to be right. Now, the last piece of news that I wanted to go over is really this, this uh, let's call it an un, unconfirmed but highly likely true rumor that the Model 3 stopped shipping to, to China in the first week of October. And there's body lines being tested right now in Gigafactory 3 for the chi- Chinese-made Model 3. This is huge. Like, literally, this is huge. There is zero problem for demand in China just by the sheer number of people that need an electric car. Now, the fascinating part about this, and I was talking to some friends over the weekend about electric vehicles as a whole, um, America seems to be the only country that doesn't quite, quote-unquote, get it, uh, where the vast majority of the population doesn't get it. And some of that is due to the media, some of that is due to, you know, political, um, like, behind-the-scenes moves. But if you go to Europe, if you go to China, they get it. And, and it shows with lawmakers' moves, like with... Europe getting rid of all internal combustion engine sales. China mandating um, days where you can't drive a gasoline vehicle due to obvious pollution and and all that kind of stuff. But it hasn't quite hit America yet. And I think um, all these things that are are happening with Tesla specifically is going to reach a tipping point where it's going to be absolutely indisputable that the electric car is better than a gas car when made correctly. The key word here is when made correctly. And I think we're getting to that tipping point. Um, America specifically kind of is in that weird place where uh, the the form factor matters more than the drivetrain. And what I mean in this regard is really the SUV and the size of the car um, really has like a huge... Uh, a huge weight on the car buying process. If you look at America, almost every little, every other car is an SUV. And if you, most people kind of fall for the marketing and they look at these SUVs as, oh, there's a lot of storage capacity. When in reality, they're taking a car chassis and making it into um, a, a raised hatchback, essentially. If you look at like a Toyota RAV4, 
if you look at a Honda CRV or something, these are really just sedans uh, reskinned into a raised hatchback or wagon. And I think uh, Tesla kind of caught on to that and they're like, you know what, let's do something similar for the Model 3 uh, and the Model Y. Let's take a lot of the Model 3 components, make it into the Model Y. This is the right approach. And I think we're going to hit that tipping point once this Model Y comes out. And then to add salt to the wound, um, the wound of internal combustion engine car manufacturers, that Plaid Powertrain X and S are going to come out. And then after all of that real-world validation, the Roadster is going to come out, and then we're going to be there. We are absolutely going to be there. Electric vehicles will win, and gas vehicles will become the manual transmissions of today. They're still going to be around. They're still going to be fun. But not everybody's going to want them. If you think about your kids, depending on where you are in life, your grandkids, it's going to be like a telephone. They're going to be like, what's that? Why do we have to drive? Um, so anyway, uh, I hope this was helpful uh, to those who don't have time to read into the articles. But my next episode, um, I'm going to be talking about the Model 3 and uh, where I think it's headed based on conversations that I have with uh, certain friends of mine that have different kind of cars. That's all I'm going to say. All right, guys, have a good one.